Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. And welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I'm Naomi. We're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners. I'm laughing because Squee decided to jump on my lap mid-intro mid and then started swinging uh, wildly around on my lap. Look, we've had a lot of animal goings on this morning. Um, you guys, Andy, there's a picture that Andy will be posting. Uh, we just finished giving Primbley his four morning medications. Uh, <laughs> we got to post a picture of the four syringes, okay? The yeah. daily syringes of Prem, okay? Also twice a day. So just his morning syringes. He just had those. It's to the point where he hates me now, and if he sees me coming, he goes, oh, this bitch about to come with a syringe. Yeah, let me. So I'm trying to rebuild my relationship <laughs> with my son, even though everything I'm doing is to keep him alive. Can I set the scene? We are sure. sitting together in the office, <laughs> both masked because Naomi was exposed to covid on set uh, 11 days ago. Today's the last day that we are wearing masks. Because Praise him. 97, according to Pfizer's website, 97.5% of people develop symptoms by day 11. So I think we're 
you know, with that 2.5%, I think we're okay unmasking after today. But we're sitting here, masks on. We just, this, our entire morning was, was masking, you know, having COVID procedures and medicating our sick cat. And now we're here bringing you introductions, honey, because it never stops, okay? Couples therapy never stops. It's a train. It's a money train. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bullet train. It's a okay? bullet train. It's a bullet train riddled with assassins. It's a train, train to Busan. It's a train to Busan. It's a train to Busan, honey. Good Lord. <laughs> Good lord! But Naomi, you were you were uh, gonna order some coffee, and I was just like, "Well, why don't you look?" Someone oh, yeah. sent us a a Zaybar's gift basket, mm-hmm. and it came with a thing of beans. Mm-hmm. And Andy goes, "Why don't you just use the press and put in the coffee we got from Zaybar's?" I yes. go, "That requires me grinding the beans, Andrew." And then I pointed towards the blender, and I'm like, "Just stick the beans in the blender, and then stick it in the co- all things people have gifted us. Someone gifted us the." Uh, the coffee press, which yeah. we have never used. Correct, because we don't really... This is the thing. I don't enjoy coffee. I literally... It's a means to an end, and that end is energy to function. Okay? So I... But, you know, when you are ordering coffee to be delivered, that to me is the low end. That's the lowest of the low. That's me and my bottom. Okay? But I'm just that level of tired. Oh, I didn't know you were bottom. You know... You know what I... I'm an emotional <laughs> bottom. Okay? I'm an emotional <laughs> bottom. <laughs> You're an emotional top, okay? If that's not us, I don't know what is. Hey, are those good ideas for t-shirts? Yes. <laughs> yes. One says emotional bottom, another says emotional top. Yes. And then couples just hold hands, each in a T. Mm. Just think about that. Mm, I really got to watch. That. Sorry, I'm going to try to cut it out as much as possible, but if one of us accidentally goes too near the mic with our mask it makes a little fuzz sound well look this is just the reality you might have to hear a little fuzz in your ear because that's where we're at emotionally doesn't it make you feel raw present (laughs) fresh we're recording this the day before the episode drops quite honestly the morning before it drops since you'll be dropping this in the evening on mondays yeah you know so you can get that nyc 1201 (laughs) a.m So, you know, we're giving it to you as fresh. What you're going to be hearing is exactly where we're at. Yeah. By the I'll way, Na- right Naomi, now. I got to say, this contest, I, I, I'm wildly overwhelmed with how fun everyone's comments are. So we started this contest. It's almost over. Almost over, honey. End of the month. End of Jan. One week left. What we'd love for you to do is leave a five-star review. And tell us who the worst person you ever dated was in that five-star review on iTunes. Or yes. It's Apple Podcast. Now. And we will, at random, pick a person to receive a couple's therapy prize pack. Including a Bill Crisafi doll. Which plush. I'm, it's a plush. plush. I think it's important to say it's a plush and not a hard I'll put a doll. picture of it. Why don't I put a picture of it on the Instagram so everyone knows what they are battling for. What they're battling for. <laughs> battling to the death on this trade to Busan. Yeah, but I was just reading them the other day and... Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> Everyone's comments are so fun. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing your darkest moments with us. You have till the end of the month. You have till the end of the month. Yes, absolutely. You have till the end of January. Now, Andy, Mm -hmm. can I just like talk about today's guest and the fun? Naomi, I wish you would because this is someone, when we first started the show, we thought we would ask them on and then we just... It, it just fell by the wayside. We finally did. On the and list for ages. On the list on the for list years. On the list for ages. 
And someone who it's interesting because there's certain people we have on the pod where, for instance, I only know their work and have no concept of who they would be as a person. Mm -hmm. And then I'm nervous because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, no, what if we meet them and they like suck? And then it like ruins my ability to enjoy whatever thing made me want to talk to them in the first place. And instead we met them and they oh, were wonderful and it makes our enjoyment even more to the max to the max y'all we today you've already heard her dulcet tones the one the only the iconic amber nash mm. you know her from her voice work on archer yes as it, our favorite character pam poovy pam is the greatest part of the program okay pam's a bad bitch and <laughs> dare i say amber nash is a bad bitch as well <laughs> and we had a wonderful time talking to her she really just came with an open heart a loose butt she said i don't know what we're doing here but you want to know why too because she has a she's an improviser she uh -huh. has an improv background so she said okay i don't know these hoes uh -huh. but you know what i'm gonna come to my little vo booth in the closet and i'm gonna answer their questions i'm gonna talk about my husband <laughs> I'm going to just get into it. So you know what, Andy? Without further ado, I'm going to say it for once. I'm okay. going to say it for once. I'm going to say, roll it. So, Amber, this can be as hard-hitting <laughs> and uh, MSNBC as you want, or it can be we can do entertainment tonight. It's all up to you. It's a choose-your-own-adventure with how we I'll tell you guys it. this. Uh -huh. If you guys ask me something, one of my terrible, like, the opposite of my superpower is that I will answer any question and then later be like, oh, fuck, what did I say? <laughs> so if you guys ask it, I'll answer it. Mm, oh, perfect. That's dangerous. You <laughs> just, I love it, though. You just handed us some dynamite. I know. <laughs> and we're holding matches, so I don't know about this. Now, before we get into it, I, my first question is, you know, listeners, you can't see this, but where Amber's recording uh, right behind her shoulder, there is a portrait of a Doberman. And I would just love to know a little bit about that Doberman portrait, how it came to be, et cetera, et cetera. Is that a beloved family dog or is that just a yard sale thing? Close, both. And yes. So um, I will say it is a Rottweiler. Oh, Rottweiler. Okay, I do get those. version confused. of a Doberman. Okay. And it is it is painted on velvet it was uh, picked up at a weird store in Atlanta called Junkman's Daughter that has like all kinds of great stuff, clothes, oddities, all kinds of stuff. It's a great place to buy incense. Um, when my first dog, like my first adult dog that I got like right after I moved out of my family's house, like college years, like the most tumultuous years of a young person's life, she was like my bud like we went through everything together we moved to a bunch of shitty apartments together we had boyfriends and broke up with them together uh, her name was dotty and she was my best friend and so a friend of mine gave me this as a gift while she was still living she has passed um, but she was the best dog ever and so now it's in my booth because my husband my husband's like kind of picky about art because he like really is a fan of art and so we've got lots of great art all over our house but a velvet painting of a rottweiler did not make the cut in my husband's eyes or my <laughs> gnomes i have a gnome collection those are in the yard he just put them in the yard one day and i was like what are you doing he's like that's where they live and i was like okay i guess you're right so this didn't make the cut so she's in my in my booth with me so i can have her while i'm recording Oh. Who gets aesthetic run of the house? Naomi doesn't care much about art, so mm. I seem to have aesthetic run of the house. And there are some art pieces that are a little too... I think are ugly, <laughs> and they should go where he can see them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. right behind like his, the desk or whatever. I'm like, that's for your spot. You know? <laughs> but yeah, behind the toilet. Because you're never <laughs> facing the toilet, but he, pro I'm guessing, is sometimes. 
That's a good call. Yeah. Someone could go there, Andy. I wanted to put, I wanted to get someone on Etsy to put, because there are calcium stains in the toilet. Oh, and every, Jesus. every like five months, we have to have the, the maintenance person come and use a special, special chemical. But in between, it looks disgusting. And I wanted to get a needle point that had a, like a, a toilet. And it said, those are calcium stains in there. Not that anyone comes in since COVID. <laughs> no one comes into that our house. That is great. But I highly, I, I am all for it. And so I think I have calcium stains. There's some stain in my toilet. I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's calcium stain. It's like, it looks like the beginnings of a toilet that would be in a haunted house. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Just like brown streaks. Yes, from it's the cows. It's uh-huh. the cows. You got to check it. If you can't brush it out. Those are calcium streaks, folks. Whoa. Yeah, you can't brush what it out. What does maintenance person put on it? I don't. It's a special chemical. I forgot I looked it up and it looked dangerous because I was like, well, I can't just have this person. I can't keep calling like, hey, there's weird stains again. Can you come <laughs> clean them? Like it felt I'm like, yeah. I, this is something I can do. I know I'm not that super handy, but I can right. do yeah. that myself. Enough, yeah. But then I looked up the chemical and it's super dangerous. And I'm also like, should this be going into our water system if it's that dangerous? Right. <laughs> I don't know. But then you have a pretty toilet. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, but when he does it, I said, mm, I'll take the poison for those two beautiful months when everything is shiny. I agree. I'm on board. <laughs> now, where are you from originally? I know you live in Atlanta. Ooh, hard-hitting question. <laughs> but where are you from originally? Because I will say this, you're an online cipher. And that's very interesting how you've managed to work as long as you have it's and true. still be a cipher I when it comes up. to your personal information. There's a handful really? of things, but not much. I've done good because I'm not like a particularly private person. As I told you, I'll tell you just about anything, but I don't just want anybody to know it. Like I want to at least see their faces before they find out, right? The, <laughs> all the shit about me. Um, so I'm from, I'm from Atlanta. Like I grew up oh. in a place called Lilburn, which is a suburb of Atlanta. Okay. To the mm-hmm. north, but just about like, it's like a 30 minute drive. So when I was a kid, the thing that my parents still do to this day, which I'm like, why is this what you guys do for fun is they go for a drive. So my dad drives the car. We would all get in. We'd go downtown to the big city to get hot dogs at the varsity, (laughs) which was a great place to get chili dogs. Uh, And it was still a place that will have people bring you your food to your car like old school style. They're not on roller skates, but I wish they were, they probably (laughs) were at some point. Um, and so, yeah, so I just grew up outside of the city of Atlanta. I don't know how all this information hasn't made it online, but I'm glad. <laughs> so wait, that's the like the remnants of the 1950s, someone coming out to your yeah. car. Doesn't Sonic do that now? Is that the Sil- last? Yeah, Is Sonic. Sonic the last restaurant where you can have someone that's not DoorDash bring the <laughs> food from the restaurant? Did to they do are? it? Is it though like a millennial using like a... Um, what do you call the camera with the, the, the Polaroid? Is it like that? Or did Sonic do it from the beginning? Or are they just trying to be cool and be old fashioned? You know I mean? They did it from the beginning. Like that's their whole vibe is, aren't we cool and old fashioned? 1950s. Yeah. yeah. That's they the whole refused, thing. I'm Jewish. Naomi's black. They refused to serve us there. They said, we're Sonic. We're keeping true. Wow. To the, we're wow. keeping true. They're like, sorry, we don't, we don't mean to do it, but we're trying to stay true to the 1950s. <laughs> wow. Apologies. Wow. They wow. did apologize, and they they, <laughs> they pointed us. They they drew a map for where Burger King was. So <laughs> that's nice. That's good. That's nice. <laughs> um, how long have you been married? I have been married. We just celebrated actually on let's see on Saturday on this past Saturday we just celebrated our ten year anniversary. Okay, that's nice. And how long were y'all dating before that? Only about two years, but we'd known each other for like ten years before that. 
Okay. Okay. I love these things. Tell me how this transitioned into love from knowing this person. Or was it always love? Hold on. Was it always (laughs) love and unrequited? And then suddenly it was requited or you, or you had a moment where you spoke your feelings to each other. You're so close. That is very, very much what happened. So I'm an improviser. I do improv. I still do it at dad's garage theater. And my husband is Canadian. So he was from Edmonton, Alberta. And he came from the area. Yeah, exactly. Where the Oilers play the, the hockey team. Um, And he was from a theater called rapid fire theater. In the early days of our theater, Rapid Fire would come down. I don't know how we ever got connected with the theater right. in Florida, right? That's so far what I'm away. Wondering. But I guess they would come improv- all the way. Yeah, yeah, they were really small, I guess. Because yeah, it's why that? It wasn't why before not? the internet, but why not Toronto? <laughs> why not like yeah. New York? So we didn't have to go so far. We knew people in lots of these, but there's lots of improv in Canada, and we do theater sports, and there aren't theater sports theaters in the U.S. as much as there are because it's a Canadian thing. So maybe oh. that's why. That's maybe okay. that's why. Okay. So his theater would send people down to our theater for like our festival. And then our theater would send people up to their theater for their festival. And just like touring people that were going through town, we'd be like, oh, we'll stop by and do a show. So I had known him. I'm a little bit older than him. I'm four years older than him. So the first time he came to Atlanta, he was 19. And he was, <laughs> I always say that he was wearing a tank top a tank top because that's what Canadians think that you wear in the South is tank top. (laughs) No, don't wear a tank top. (laughs) But he was was working it. He was wearing this tank top. (laughs) And uh, so I had always had like a little bit of a crush on him because he was a really great performer. And I was kind of new, like I hadn't been improvising as long. I was like, this guy is amazing, but I wasn't like a performer yet. I was just kind of like a bartender, like just kind of hanging on, like taking classes and stuff. And so I had seen him, he'd come down to Atlanta. And then years later, once I'd kind of like become more of an improviser, I went to Edmonton um, to his festival at his theater and was like, oh my God, I just still really liked this guy, but he was never interested as far as I could tell. And then 10 years later, after we first met, our theater was looking for an artistic director. And I saw him, we were at a, we were in Victoria, um, the British Columbia on, at another theater. What are you and doing in British Columbia so much? <laughs> oh, why am I there all the time? And um, he, I was told him about the job and I was thinking, you know, I've kind of, I mean, I've had a crush on this guy for like 10 years, but I wasn't thinking that I was thinking he'd actually be a really good person for the job. <laughs> right. So, right. So he applied for the job, he got it. And then he was my boss. Mm, and I was like, oh, that wasn't the plan. I know yeah, you just, and you just so this he into a was weird like, situation. I totally, and he wasn't gonna, he was like, I'm not gonna, cause he was young. He was like 27 when he took the job. So it's like, obviously people are like, you're going to start like having sex with everybody in the company. Right. That's what young people do. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know. Improv. Mm, yeah, exactly. That's why so, 90 theaters collapsed within like <laughs> five days during exactly. 2019. <laughs> so we started dating, kept it a big secret. Um, and then somebody on our board of directors saw us on a Sunday morning <gasps> oh. buying groceries together. Okay, yeah, you can't fa- you can't lie your way you out can't of that. Get one. out of that one. You cannot get out of buying groceries on the Lord's Day. Mm. <laughs> exactly. And so then that's how we got outed. And and luckily I was able to quit pretty soon after that as a staff member. I'm still an artist there, but that mm. doesn't count, I guess. Um, I just wasn't like a staff member anymore. Because I got Archer. And so then it was like, okay, everything's cool. You're not my boss anymore. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. The erotic power of the yes and. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Oh, None of you must so know it well. Naomi and I, without going That's into true. it, we, we met, met at UCB, UCB in New York. So. Oh, yeah. So yeah. We do understand yeah. the erotic power. <laughs> totally. And improvisers, it's like all these nerdy kids from high school now get to be on stage in front of people. It is very erotic because, you know, it was just like you're, we're all finding that power for the first time where we're like, yeah. people want to listen to us nerds from high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I still say to this day, like when Andy and I met, I had a really good show. Like we were on a show together and I kind of killed it. And I said, I wonder if he would have had the crush if I hadn't hit it so hard that night. Talent you know I mean? crushes are very real. I totally agree with you. Yeah. So wait, okay, hold on. This, when you said he wasn't, he like wasn't putting out vibes or was, yeah. I, that was my words, not yours. <laughs> yes. But like was seemingly interested, uh, is, is he like an emotional cipher or... Or yeah, was he a cool it just, like, was he, like, I was like, I was, uh, when Naomi and I first met, I was, uh, terrified to show my emotions. <laughs> so I was just very like bottled up. So like, right. like, did you, you knew I liked you, but you weren't sure or not even knew I liked you. I wasn't even that sure. It was only, it was funny very specifically because we used to G chat all day because I was hated my job and Andy didn't okay. have one. <laughs> mm. So we were like G chatting. And then at one point I said something about being unattractive but it was fine and i was not fishing this is just my brain it's not a good place to be anyway and andy goes i think you're very attractive it's like what he says like very like formally and i was like oh he likes me because uh -oh. this guy who doesn't oh, I think say you're very attractive i had a notary sign it i got it was very very formal <laughs> because the way he never like he was not effusive in that way so i was like him saying that means something Based mm. on the personality I know. Yes. Right. Right. Just to, to venture to say anything nice yes. was. Exactly. <laughs> like giving a compliment. You're yes. like, I've told them I love them, but yes. it's too much. It was like fighting. Now we're married wise. all of a sudden. And what do I do? I have to your family now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I do. But yeah. So yeah, y'all were like, you weren't sure he was into you. How did, how, yeah, how did it kind of get over that hump? Or how, like, did you get drunk at an improv party and kiss him on the mouth? You know, that's a really good question. Like, I'm trying to think about when I kind of realized he liked me. So the thing is, is so in the beginning, when I first met him and I wasn't even like really an improviser yet, I was just like a bartender and hanging around in those 10 years, I became like an incredibly like popular improviser because this is terrible, but it was the truth. I was one of the only women in the company. No longer is that the case. Thank God. But I, so I had a lot, I got a lot of opportunity because I was like the only, yeah. they're like, Oh, we need a woman. Let Amber do it. So I, by the time he got to Atlanta, I was just kind of like really at the top of my game. And he's definitely, he's even admitted it. Like all the women like that he's dated in the past are all like extremely successful. Like, the comedians and it's like okay well you've got a type that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> so um it was i think that when he first got to town because he was trying to be all business right and i didn't know that he had a crush on me and but i was dropping hints but we were also spending a lot of time together because we were working pretty closely because he was the artistic director and i was the education director and that's okay. you guys know from ucb like that's a big job like that's where all yeah, the money all those classes yeah. yeah yeah so we were like you calling together. up like Raytheon and being like, we can give you a, we can give you a workshop for uh, $50,000 to teach, uh, <laughs> to teach the javelin makers how to, uh, how to do third beats. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't actually, I think it was, so I, I was so broke because you, if you're doing improv for a living, like, what are you doing? Nobody's making any money. I was so broke that I, I used to steal peanuts 
and mm. crackers, like sandwich crackers mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. behind our bar at the theater. Cause it's like a Tuesday. Nobody's there. Right. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. find the bar. It's open. I'm going to steal a couple packs of crackers so I can eat dinner. Oh my God. So Kevin found this out and was like, Hey, can I just <laughs> buy you dinner? Like you don't have to eat crackers for dinner. I was like, thank God. And so he took me to dinner a couple of times. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is he just felt sorry for me. And that's why we're together now. Um, <laughs> So I guess that it was like a couple dinners, a couple late night drinking sessions. And then finally, this is what it was. I finally remembered. We were at my apartment. No, sorry. We were out drinking. It was me and Kevin and my friend Renee, who was like my best friend. He's male. And he totally was trying to like, he's like, don't let this happen. He also worked in the theater. He's like, I am not going to let you start dating our new artistic director. So he was like cock blocking the whole time (laughs) and not letting it happen. And then finally the bar closed down. And this was before bars closed early in Atlanta. So this was like 4 a.m. And I was like, well, I'm going to go back to my apartment. So they both came. And I was like, Renee, we just get out of here. Renee, go to bed. Go to bed, Renee. Renee was really invested in this. Yeah. So he stuck around as as long as he possibly could and then finally left. And so they both left at the same time. But then I texted Kevin and I was like, I thought you were going to kiss me. And he ran. He didn't have a car. He ran from his side of town, which was like four miles at 5 a.m. back to my apartment, knocked on the door, and then, like, we kissed, and that was how it all started. That is a movie moment. Amber! That's a rom-com. Are you kidding me? That's the Billy Crystal You went Harry Met Sally. You got (laughs) when Harry Met Sally. Can't believe it. Isn't that crazy? my God. Yeah, you better marry that one. Yeah, you got to go grocery shopping on a Sunday. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's sweet. That's darling. So yeah. wait, were you, you said you were a nerd, but I don't know if that was just like a joke or not. Were you a nerd in high school? Were you dating? What was going on prior to Kevin? Here we go. So I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was not a popular kid. I was like, I, but I was outgoing. So people always knew me because I was making jokes and like, you know, farting around and like <laughs> I was in drama and I also played soccer, but I moved a lot. So my family moved around a lot. So I went to like three different high schools. Oh, so fun. When I lived, my family lived in California. I grew up here, but we moved to California because my dad tried to buy a business and we got there. And then the Northridge earthquake happened. And my Southern mom was like, fuck this. <laughs> we went back to Georgia. And, but during that time, when I was in Glendale, California, I started dating a Peruvian man named, I'm not going to say his name. What would I do? <laughs> I'm going to give you his whole name. I'm not going to name social, social security, security number. Yeah. We will find him. <laughs> Um, and I was like desperately in love with him. And I was like, mom and dad, I can't leave California. I was like 16. Who the hell was I thinking I was? I was like, I can't leave. I'm so in love with this guy. And they're like, okay, fine. They were so desperate. My parents, my sister had just had a baby. My sister's older than me. So the family was just like, there was a lot going on. And they were like, fine, he can move back to Georgia with us. What? What? And my parents are like very conservative. So the fact that that happened, they were obviously having some tough times. So I was the girl in high school whose Peruvian boyfriend lived with her. From California. Okay, I'm sorry. Wait, no, sorry. No. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait. First, where where are your parents? Are, where are we? Like Protestant, evangelical? Where are we on the spectrum? Oh, Pentecostal. Uh, wow. 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 Not, like for real? We didn't have snakes. We didn't okay. have snakes at our church, and I was allowed to wear pants, but okay. uh, we were Pentecostal. Speaking in tongues, though, like that, like there. Lots of that. Okay. Yeah, I remember uh-huh. trying to speak in tongues when I was a kid. I was like, I can figure this out. I told my grandma, I was like, I've done this, and then I was just like, blah, 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 blah. And she's <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> but isn't that what you're doing? I could, I never figured it out. She's like, I think you're just doing crazy frog or whatever. <laughs> the- 
What was that phone thing? Is that what right? Phone thing. I don't know what you're saying. In the early aughts, there was a <laughs> there was a viral craze of uh, like Nokia phone. Some phone company in Britain had like a frog character that almost that sounded like it was speaking in tongues. Oh, like crazy frog or something. So you, no one remembers. It was this. like the ad campaign for the phone. Yeah, it was like a. Bi- Andrew, why would any of us know that? Hold on, let's go back to your Peruvian boyfriend. I'm gonna look it up. Oh, gross. Like, okay, because I need to. Okay, first. Okay. Okay. They let you love a brown man, mm-hmm. and then said, "Now, how old was he that he could just come live with y'all?" Good point. This was part of the salaciousness of the story. <laughs> Is I was 15 when we started dating. He was 21. Amber, what? I know. Amber, that's he a whole grown ass man. I know. He told me because he was a friend of like I, w- I went to school with a sister. Like she was in my English class. Or sure, something. and he was teaching English. <laughs> yeah, he was my English teacher. <laughs> um, he, he he told me he was. I think he I, I think he kept it a secret for a while, and then he told my parents that he was eighteen. <gasps> oh, he lied to them too. Okay. Oh my god, it was just a big mess. Wow. So yeah, he was older. And how long were y'all together? So when once, so basically y'all living together. You were living with your first boyfriend, is what yes. I'm hearing. Under your parents' yes. roof. Right. Yes. It was and the other thing is, is my poor sister just got like a new baby and they're like, hey, you gotta move out. And she's like, what? Amber's boyfriend's no, no, no. Why do I have to move out? Yes. It was a bad time in my family. See, I'm sorry, guys, I'm laughing because it's, tell you you tell me it's a bad time and I because it's so wild. That then, how long did y'all last, you and this guy, once he got Three to Georgia? Three years. Oh, okay. okay. So and you know what? Him. He also worked for my dad. Well, he better have. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, he, he was getting free rent. Um, and so he, we broke up when my dad fired him. And then he was like, oh, I'm out of here. Oh, oh, that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And he married somebody like almost immediately. And I was like, oh, I guess you've already known her. Like, did you just meet her? Okay. I guess you guys were already seeing each other. I don't know. Uh, But that's a really, but I mean, obviously now, you know, you can talk about this matter of fact, but I can imagine, you know, again, that's your first love. You are a teenager. Oh boy. Talk about codependency and being enmeshed. I mean, he lives with you, right? Like he's moved across state lines, across the country to be with you. Um, That is an intense first relationship to have as a teen. Oh my God. Yes. Like, and I thank God that I am able to have a therapist because I have worked through a lot of this crazy shit that you find later in other relationships. And you're like, why am I doing this? And I'm like, Oh, that's (laughs) what I learned about relationships. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It was very tumultuous. Wow. 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 But okay. When y'all were living in your parents' house, did y'all sleep in the same bed? Yes. No, 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 no. My parents were trying to keep the idea that it was like, they're just helping this guy out. And he did eventually move out and get his own apartment. Um, okay. So, but he did live there for probably at least a year. Wow. Yeah. And where'd your sister go with her baby? She went to her friend's house that already had like a bunch of people living there. Thank God that she had somebody take her in. And it's like, she, this is still like, my family doesn't even talk about this because it's oh, like, this is too much. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. My, my parents about it though. My parents would have kicked me out, kept my sister and her child, kept Naomi and kicked me out. That's what would have happened with my <laughs> that parents. Would have been the dynamic. Yeah, that's what yeah. would have happened. They're like <laughs> They're like, "Wait, we like him." Yeah, figure it out, Andy. <laughs> figure it out. By the way, Crazy Frog. Oh, lord. Is a okay, Swedish a Swedish CGI animated character and Eurodance musician created in 2003. <laughs> Euro dance was, musician. Yes, I believe it was a like a viral hit for like early like ringtones. Okay, we're gonna post this on the page. We're gonna, I mean, post okay. it on the Instagram 
because he looks terrifying. Okay, I feel like I've seen that or something like it. We've all so seen was it. it big in Sweden? It wasn't made for American markets, right? Because it's in Swedish. I believe okay. it somehow made well, just it over the whole, here. It made it over here because it was like, look at this crazy weird thing. But it was never disseminated here, you know. It was like an early right. internet thing. Right. Okay. It was like, look at this weird frog. Anyway. So wait, did did this uh, Peruvian gigolo, I'll call him. Gigolo. That set the pattern for your relationships uh, up to Kevin? Or did when did you go into therapy? Yeah. When did you kind of I didn't get into this? therapy until like, you know, five years ago. So. Okay. All this was getting worked out way later in life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I always was the kind of person that kind of had longer relationships. But yeah, I don't. I only ever really had him and then another like long relationship and then Kevin. Okay. So, you know, I didn't date a lot of people, but I did. Once I started doing improv, I you know, there was a lot of like. I was going to say, were you hooking up with friends and stuff? Yeah, you're hooking up in between in between yeah. the long relationships. Yeah, right, right, right. Now, you mentioned how like your family, y'all don't talk about this even now. Did you, as, as a household, was it a we don't talk about stuff that's uncomfortable type of house? 100%. Yeah. Like we're all like, we say we're a close family because we all like my sister lives near my family, near my parents still, but we don't actually talk about anything. Like we're not intimately close. We're just like mm. physically close. Like, you know, my dad will for sure come change a tire for me, but he doesn't want to talk about my feelings. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of family. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> that is his. This is remarkably similar to my family where, but like, I wonder if this is a rift that's been opened up by therapy because with my family, now that I am able to, express my emotions and say things and they still want to keep things kind of like conflict free Mm -hmm. i'm like no i'm trying to tell you something and they're like we hear you and then there's no response and i'm (laughs) like no you were supposed to right give a little give a little yeah no i'm just it's just yeah wait i have a question is that your cat meowing or my cat meowing that's your cat meowing. That's yours. Our okay, cats. Let, <laughs> our let cats me go let him out. Way. Otherwise, he's going to be screaming the entire time. <laughs> One moment. So sorry. No worries. I have a very bossy cat. Yes. Oh yeah. Us too. We have two. We have two cats and a dog. And. Oh. The the one cat is extremely bossy. Is is like will meow with a toy in his mouth until you mm-hmm. come see what he wants. Yeah, he won't come to you. He, he wants you, you to come to where he's he like, is. He learned from us when we call them. <laughs> And we want them to come in. So he, I think he's. Oh. Yeah, he's doing, mimicking that. He's mimicking that, I think. Interesting. Yeah, he will be like, come here. And I think the toy is incentive to him. Like, he thinks he's giving us this. He, like, I th- he's like, is- I think it's a fake out. He goes, look what I have. And then, really, what it is is now, won't you come pet me? Oh, you think he thinks <laughs> it's you a think lure? He's like, I think it's a lure. Like, he, like, he has a like mouse. Or, like, I've caught this for you, but nope, it's just a toy that you've given mm. me. Then mm-hmm. It's a true lure, you know? Um, He's also the same child who basically will bother you until you get up. And then when you get up, he takes your seat. Meaning he will annoy you such that you get up and go, what do you want? Or let me go get you a toy. Or let me. And he takes your seat. That so, is you know, these animals run this house. They run oh, us. yeah. Same. Oh, same. yeah, for sure. So, okay. We're talking about you being, you know, in this household where there's love, but no one's going deep. Yeah. As you've started to unpack some of these things, you know, recognize your patterns. Have you brought any of that to the family? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because my husband's very like, he's very, he's got a lot of feelings. He's very cool with expressing them. Um, He's very like, just cuddly and lovey. And I am like, 
stone cold. <laughs> I'm getting better, <laughs> but like, it's all about like, don't show your emotions. Don't, you know, good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, the only acceptable emotion is anger. That's how I was raised. Yeah. Damn. The same yeah. family. This is wild what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Love. I mean, again, love is is one, but like it's said. Yeah. Yeah. You say I love you. Yeah. You you give gifts. There's, I mean, it's not like it's like it it is, um, uh, you know, you're just walking through like fiery fields of rage, right? But there's, there's also love there, but there's not much in between. (laughs) Yeah. It's so odd. And it's like, I think it comes from like, like this idea, this messed up idea about what is strength and what isn't. Mm. And so being strong means you can't express your emotions and you can't show vulnerability and like all these things that make you like a person that's lovable. That's mm-hmm. not okay. <laughs> yeah. It's so insane. And so working through all that stuff and thank God, my, like my husband is the person that he is because, and he's also like super patient and loving. And so like, I didn't even know that you, you know, when you get married, you're like, you know, you know, somebody, when you're in a relationship, when you get married, you're like, oh shit, like I really know this person. And then you can see how people's brains work and you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. So your brain works completely different than mine. And so you just really realize that there are people out there who were raised differently and think completely differently. And so just, you know, my, my therapist calls them expanders. So people that like expand your view of what Mm -hmm. humanity is. Yeah. It's really interesting to think about how different and you think like we're pretty similar, like we were raised in pretty similar ways. And it's like, nope, you have so much difference. And that's every person on earth. It's amazing. I know. I know. It's interesting because I will say with Andy, for all of that being true, something I've learned from him, he is very good at loving unconditionally. Mm. Meaning I grew up in a much more like to love someone is to criticize them, to tell them how to be better, to tell them to lose weight, to tell mm-hmm. them to stop. And what I kind of learned from him was like, Oh, you love me just cause. (laughs) And also like, that's like, it's interesting because for all that talk of being like, we didn't express things or we were, you know, this kind of thing. I was like, you're actually Andy to me, like one of the most like accepting people. Like you kind of taught me like, Oh, I might, I'm enough as a person, which is wild to me. Wow. That's so wonderful. It is, but it's also like, it's just an interesting to think like, okay, this person who, when I first met him was, uh, kept it all close to the vest and was not really revealing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ended up being like the realest bitch out here. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's like the the people you, like I would have never guessed that that would have been his point of view mm-hmm. based on the person I met who was initially so with withholding. Right. Not withholding in a mean way, but do you know what I mean? Just like to himself. He was just like yeah. private. And I mean, walled up. Walled up, yeah. exactly. Totally. And like even what you're saying about yourself and how you grew up, it's like, You've been with, you got a When Harry Met Sally moment out of an improviser, okay? <laughs> Do you know what that means about who you are? <laughs> to get somebody to run four damn miles? Just to kiss you? Is he, I know, and, right? And is he a, a, are we talking about like, is this a guy who runs miles or is this, you know? No. So we're talking like that was 40 minutes, you know, 48 <laughs> minutes, something like yeah. that. Yeah. In fact, I started running during the pandemic and he's like, I love that you are doing this. Please don't ever ask me to do it. I was like, I'll ask you to do it. You never have to do this. Yeah. After that, after that four mile run, he's like, I'm done. This is never again. (laughs) One and done. Just had to get her. Just had to get her. Unless there's a smooch at the end. I'm not doing this. (laughs) Totally. Like he's like, Hey, I'm going to run a marathon. Can you just stand at the the, uh, finish line for about eight hours? 
Um, do you have um, human children? I do not. I only have pet children. That's why yes. I ask, because you know I count them as. I do, I count the yeah. pets, but I wondered if you had human children. Mm-mm. That's cool. We don't want human children, so it's good to find people <laughs> who are on the page. Yeah. Or who don't, you know, I don't know what your journey was, but yeah. you don't have them and you're thriving. Yeah. Isn't good. it fun? Like, uh, one of the, I did, I chose, we both chose not to have children. And the funny thing that happens, I'm sure you guys have experienced it, is like you've got to find couple friends that don't have kids because mm. it's just I love my couple friends that do have kids but we just have such different lives that it's really hard to sync up and even like finding couple friends like couple dating is so weird because you <laughs> both gotta like both of them yep. and it's just it's just such a funny thing like it's just like kind of weird and kind of like it's not where I expected my life to be is to go on dates <laughs> with two people and hope that I like both of them <laughs> Did you have like an expectation for your life? Did you have a thing where you're like, I guess I'm going to do this? Because that's the thing. I had that with my parents. They were never like, you have to be X, Y, or Z. But there was definitely, I would say, uh, feeling in the air. There was definitely like they lit a candle that was like doctor, lawyer. (laughs) Yeah. Two children. The incense. The incense of doctor, lawyer. Doctor, lawyer, two children, Jewish (laughs) wife. Like there was definitely (laughs) this kind like, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I was, I was picking up psychically what they were putting down yeah uh, and i was i'm wondering if you had that si- uh, a similar kind of considering our families are so are yeah so similar <laughs> yeah i did it was definitely like it wasn't i didn't know exactly what they wanted but i knew they didn't want an actor that was mm-hmm. very clear like it was like that's not a thing that we've ever talked about being a possibility that's not a thing real people do you know i grew up in georgia to like a, a very conservative christian salt of the earth kind of family. So it's like, what are you talking about? Like people right. don't do that. Right. That's silly talk. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah. Like, you know, my sister does what my dad does. And uh, so she kind of, cause my, there was like a family business that she mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, went into and my mom was always like a stay at home mom. And so there was not, I, I got a degree in psychology. And I remember being like, when I, I was the first person in my family to go to college, my grandfather went to college. Um, my dad's dad, but then I was the only person in my family. And so it was like, I started out getting a biology degree and they're like, okay, cool science. That's not what we were thinking you were going to do, but whatever. And then I couldn't do biology because it was too hard. And chemistry was like killing me, literally killing me. And so I was like, well, I'll do a softer science, like psychology. So I got a degree in psychology. And I remember them being like, mm, I don't know. That's a little bit, a little bit woo woo. Yeah, little woo woo. It's literally, it's a, it's a science guys. It's literally a real thing they teach in university. And so, and it was through, it was literally through psychology and college that I became like, you know, I became different than my family. Like I learned about things other than being a Republican. And I, you know, learned that, that, that people think differently and that there are there's therapy and all these things. And so it was like, yeah, that's exactly, it was the worst thing that happened to my parents that I, that I got a, a college degree in psychology. Did, did you go away? Like, were you away from home for college? Or no, I actually no? stayed because of that Peruvian boyfriend. Right. I was right. staying in Atlanta because I, you know, I didn't want to leave to go to college. So I uh, went to Georgia state and it was also like, I wasn't a great student in high school. Cause I obviously had a lot going on. Um, <laughs> So I didn't have great grades. So I got into like a, the state college in, in Atlanta and went, went there. And it was, it was a great, and they had a great psychology department. So it was really, it was wonderful. But that Uh-oh. was where it started, the change. Yeah. yeah. Amber's, Amber's was... learned about the Freudian unconscious. <laughs> exactly. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
well then what has the reaction been since because i find because i think we both had that too like i grew up in new york city but it's still i still didn't understand how you became it right so i saw these things around me and i wanted them for myself but the tv still felt like a magical land and i didn't understand how you got to it wow okay and so you were like, do I just do the thing in Willy Wonka where the get, guy gets shrunk down? I know. I'm like, do they shrink me, put me in the TV, and now I'm on it? How does it happen? Um, and it's funny because as I now do things that exist, I can feel the change in my <laughs> mother's perception of it. Because I think – Do she, things that exist, you mean things that she can watch on TV? Yes, things that she can like point to and say, yes, that's her doing it. Because even when I was doing stand-up like in New York – she didn't understand what that was. Like sometimes she'd be like, well, how was the show? And I was like, oh, it was good. It's like five people in the audience, whatever. And she's like, why would you do that? <laughs> like she didn't understand that like, you know, you perform for nobody or you perform yeah. in the back of a bar. Like that's what stand up is until it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so she's like, she didn't get it. Yeah. But then when things exist that she can see, it's like, oh, okay, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. And I think she respects me a little bit more. Mm. You know, you, you know, Archer's been around now, what, 13 seasons, 14 years? Yeah. You know, it's been a, a long time and it's a popular show. Whether they watch it or not, they know you do that. And yeah. that is real. Yeah. And has that changed? Are they like, good for you, Amber? You stuck to your guns. Yeah. Like my dad, they have a different opinion. I think my dad's like proud of me that I did something that, like, I followed my dreams, you know? And I think he thinks that's cool, but they don't like, so here's a great story. So I was, it was like season two, we were making season two already. And I was still just like getting scale. Like I was, didn't know that this job would stick around. You know, um, I was still kind of just record. I think they were still paying me under the table. I don't know. If they, Check <laughs> out. What trouble. season did you uh, open up your contract? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it was, it was actually this. Okay. I'll tell you two stories. So the first one is, is that it was season two. We were about to start recording season two and I got a job for second city working on a cruise ship. And so I called the executive producer and I was like, Hey, sorry, I got a job. I'm going to be gone for four months. Cause I got a job working on a cruise ship. And he's like, Amber, you're on a television show. And I was like, look, I don't know. I did this one season for you. It's not paying me that much. I got to pay my bills. Like I got to go take this job. And he's like, okay, if you don't take this job for second city, then I will put you in the opening credits. And I was like, sweet. And so that's how I got in the opening. <laughs> credits. <for Archer>. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So then I was like, so I, we started traveling. So I like go to Comic-Con and stuff. So it was starting to like, I was becoming a part of the cast that like mm-hmm. people saw on panels and stuff. And I remember being at the airport and my mom called me. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm flying to San Diego. I'm doing this thing. She's like, what is, is this have to do with this thing you're doing on TV? So she still hadn't, hadn't watched the show. She didn't know what it was. <laughs> and so she was like, okay, well, I got to stay up past you know 9 p.m and watch the show because it came on at 10 yeah she watched the first episode of season two and was so horrified (laughs) that she wrote me a letter in longhand about how much she hated the show how terrible it was how you know i was going to hell like just everything and i was like oh no, this is like the first success that I'm having in my career in like a real way. And so I like call my sister crying and she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, mom, she's like, if it makes you feel any better, I think dad thinks the show's funny. And I was like, oh, that's something like dad's like sneaking and watching it. My mom doesn't know. So they, they, they're proud of like, my mom likes that I bought a house, you know, like yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not somebody she has to worry about financially yes. anymore. Yes. 
but I still think she's like, well, couldn't you just do a show on Nickelodeon? And it's like, well, <laughs> I guess I could maybe just call SNL and see if they'll put me on it too, mom. <laughs> no, that's not necessarily how it works, but yeah, she wishes that I did like kids programming. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Wow. That was like your mom early on. Wasn't she like, oh, you should uh, call Oprah or something. She what told me it? to write Oprah. Oh. She said if I wrote Oprah or wrote Whoopi. And I was just like, At where? Like, dear Whoopi, one Whoopi Street. <laughs> Whoopi, New York. It's like writing Santa Claus. You, the, the post office knows how to get it to him. <laughs> right, exactly. Meanwhile, they're burning a pile of letters every December 26th. <laughs> Should we just exactly. drive around Santa Barbara until we figure out where Oprah lives? Yes, she's where is she? Montecito. We'll just go <laughs> and we'll just be like, my mom told me to come see you. And then she'll be like, how old are you, little girl? And I'll be like, 38. Can you help me? It's like too old. But oh, but that hurts though. I like that letter. I get that because my mom sent me, I got a long email the first time she came to see me do stand up. She did not, she did not like, she had some thoughts. Was there a and, part of you that didn't just didn't want to let her come? Because I just yes. don't let my parents come to my improv shows. Yes, I did not want her to come. And it was like the first time I tried, I was like, oh, hey, the show was canceled because I tried to get out of it. But then she like invited friends from work. Oh, and she's like, OK, well, then do you want to do dinner tonight? And then it's like, no, I just was lying to you. The show's not canceled. I have to go. Like it was just I tried to not have her come. Yeah, I tried to yeah. not have her come. Yep. But then now there's a freedom to it, right? Like now that she knows, it's like, well, cat's out of the bag. This is what I do. You're probably not. It's not for you, mom. You're not my audience, and you know. Yeah, but then she still want to come to stuff from time to time. Like at the time of us recording, I'm going to be in New York next week, and I have a show there, and she's going to come. And it's like, I don't want her to, but yeah. I'm also now over fighting her about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, yeah. it's not ideal, but it's like, yes, I'll put you on the list, and we'll make sure you have a chair so you don't have to stand up, and mm-hmm. you can come to the show. <laughs> like well, well well so maybe there's a part of her that is still like excited that you do it you know she doesn't completely <laughs> written it off oh the the silence i'm leaving the silence i'm not cutting that silence out <laughs> leave it long beat <laughs> we don't know um in, in, oh naomi uh, we are uh yes why don't we take a quick break <laughs> naomi can uh can uh center herself after <laughs> thinking about the frustration. The dread. The, the yeah. dread, the okay. frustration. And when we get back, we're going to answer some of your advice questions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again. And today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because... We're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies, and frankly, I had always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends, it is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. 
I am embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed to say I'm middle-aged and just finding this out. But the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference. I won't say where I usually get my boxers from, but for comparison, me undies are like wearing a cloud covered in angel's feathers, and the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. Me undies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out, there is a particular technology that the folks at Me Undies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at MeUndies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessing. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray. And it is so friggin' soft and comfortable. And it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got in the new t-shirt shop. With Amber Dash, Henny, here I, to help you handle your scam. Oh, I'm boy. so sorry, but you, you know, Archer is one of our couple shows. Cool. The ones we watch so, together, we make sure, how dare you watch without me type of situation. I, yes. I, it really is, is, I keep having to look at the screen to call you Amber and not Pam. It's really, <laughs> there's something wrong with my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Some people call me Pamber. Those oh, are, like, people that work on Archer or like the FX executives will call me Pamber. Mm. And I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> I'm fine You'll with take it. it. John Landegraff just calling you up going, uh, hey, Pamber. I don't know what he, I, <laughs> what is his voice? I was like, is exactly that his voice? Like. I do not know what he sounds like. Um, but it is, um, there is a disconnect. I, you know, because I know a few people who are voiceover actors primarily who are, you know, just, you know, so successful in that realm, which it's interesting that it comes with, I think it came with some anonymity probably mm-hmm. when you first started, right? But now social media has made it where like, 
you're supposed to be like out and about. Yeah. In a way where it's sort of like the requirement has changed. The game yes. changed. What you agreed to initially versus what people want of you now is yeah. very different. Yeah. Like when I, I can still pretty much walk around and people don't know who I am, but sometimes I'll be at the grocery store and someone will be like, Hey Amber. And I'm like, Hey, I don't know who you are. <laughs> but that could just be that I met you and I don't remember. But like, I remember being at Comic-Con early on and, and seeing Aisha like get mobbed by people. And it's like, man, there's something about it. It's like, you know, I think I was probably like, Oh, maybe one day I'll get the attention like that. But then also being like, man, you can't just like float through, you know, without people bothering the shit out of you. Right. Right. You know? Right. But Atlanta, Even though, like, the, Atlanta's getting more like used to there being celebrities around because everything right. shoots here now. And so I think that I, I do think Atlanta's pretty cool about it where they're just like, I'll leave you alone. Like mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're, we're Southern enough that like, we'll be cool about it and just let you go about your day. Like on, there's a place called the Beltline. It's kind of like the Highline in New York. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like a walking place. That's like connecting a bunch of neighborhoods. And I saw like two of the people from the vow on it mm-hmm. two days in a row. And I was like, I just want to tell those guys that I've been watching the show and, but you know, everybody's being cool about it. But wait, the vow, you mean the Nexium? Yeah. Okay, I don't know why they're in Atlanta. Let me tell you about them, okay? Because I'm watching the new season. And I feel like nobody is sympathetic anymore. I'm over all of them, even the victims. I'm over everybody. (laughs) I can't take it. I don't know why. This is me, and we can go walk on the belt line, and you can tell them everything that you want to tell them. See, that's the problem. Like Smallville cult? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm watching the new one, and it's so funny because... I'm watching it like by myself at home. And then I have like two people I know who also at least know the world of it. I don't even know. But like, I will send them voice notes because I like have responses and I have to share them with somebody. It's <laughs> very funny. I just got to get this out. <laughs> that's very good. I should start doing that. Sending voice notes. My friends will be like, oh God, why? Who told oh, you that's, oh, it happened for me. It started in the pandemic. It was just kind of like that midpoint, right? Where it's like, I can't see you, but then we could talk. You can't get me to stop now. You're getting two minutes. Okay. That's You're getting what I use Marco three. Polo for too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Yes. I love it. We're a Marco Polo family. Hmm. Okay. We have to help this person. Okay. okay. Let's do this one. We get we get questions coming to us from Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, voicemail. 323-524-7839 is that number. Let's do a voicemail first. Hello. Love the pod. Friendship question. My question is, am I being too sensitive or do I just let it go? Okay, a little backstory. We've been friends for 20 years. She's an intro- she's an extrovert, very beautiful, and our whole social life suitors would fall all over themselves to have a conversation. I'm an introvert, socially awkward, and it might be worth noting that only a select group of people find me pretty. I have an autoimmune disease and almost crippled myself in my 20s. Um, and to manage my chronic pain, and health, I'm required to eat super clean and exercise a lot to keep my body from shutting down and the pain at bay. It's been kind of a bitch. Um, fast forward 20 years, she's getting married and not as slender as she once was. She's still fucking gorgeous, by the way. I showed her the bridesmaid outfit I want to wear, which is not slutty, and she said no and sent me a link to dresses that would look terrible on me. I'm a triple A cup. And she's a double D cup. I don't think that she understands that something that looks slutty on her looks modest and elegant on my bust. She also said she won't stand next to me if I look that pretty. My first thought was, bitch, you're the only one in white. What the fuck? Um, 
am I being too sensitive? I feel like I want to feel pretty, but should I just buy the dress that makes me look like a child? I'm almost 40. Um, my feelings are hurt, but I feel like I'm being childish about the whole thing. And I would stand next to her no matter what she's wearing. And I just, the whole thing makes me sad. Love you guys. Bye. Ooh. Wow. Now, wedding Amber, drama. Yeah, you have a sister. You got gal pals. Have you been in a wedding party? Have you dealt with, have you experienced a bridezilla up close? Anything like that? Yeah, this is a tough one. I have, all my friends are pretty chill. You know, my family's super chill. Like my sister would, like, she's not married, but she wouldn't, I just feel like she would never do anything like that. I, none of my friends would either. Um <laughs> I think I do think she's got a point with the if you have a different chest size, it changes what you can wear. Just like if you've got like very like, you know, if you've got like little thin legs versus somebody that's got like shapely legs, you know, a shorter skirt might look more. I don't know. It's it's also there's so much like body stuff in this that's like, I don't even know how to unpack it all. But, you know, one of the things I will say is I think that when you agree to be somebody's bridesmaid, you're kind of saying like, I'm going to do whatever mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. For yep. better or worse. I do think that sometimes what happens, but like for me, like when I got married, I told all my bridesmaids, which was my sister, my cousin, my niece and a, an old friend. And I was like, you guys can buy whatever dress you want from this store in these two colors. Right. Everybody just kind of got what they wanted. So I think that you still got to let people like be themselves. Right. Or also right. it's like, it's not about you. So, but I don't know. I don't know. That's really hard. Cause it feels mm-hmm. like they've got some weird, like, why are you talking about how attractive you are in relationship to each other? Mm-hmm. You know, like, Why are you worrying about that? There's some weird stuff. It seems like the old friend has, um, like liked the relationship the way it was when they were younger, when it was, uh, it was a certain way. Like, Oh, this is my, uh, dork friend. Yeah. Like she was, I- I'm the outgoing one. And this is uh my dork introvert friend. And, uh, she, now that kind of things have changed, she's not used to it. Plus all the wedding stuff on top of it. But I also think this, well, one, this is why, you know, Andy and I are getting married in March. I'm not having bridesmaids because mm-hmm. when you are almost 40, you need to leave people alone. Okay. And this is exactly <laughs> what's happening. A friendship of 20 years is being tested because you want to do some shit acting like you're 25. Stop it. Stop it yeah. with people making people buy clothes that they don't want to have to buy to stand yeah. next to you <laughs> in a picture. Okay. I'm yeah. done with it. I'm done. Yeah. But, but I also think, you know, Yes, there was this old dynamic, but it sounds like, first and foremost, our bride is feeling insecure. You said that she has gained some weight. Yes. And she feels insecure about that. Yeah. If her self-worth has been wrapped up in her appearance most of her life. Yeah. Which I don't know if it is, but certainly the way you describe her and your dynamic, it sounds like it was about her being the pretty extrovert. Yeah. Then she's struggling with that. And weddings make you nervous. Like, look. Yes. Did you also know, too, like, I bought a dress that it's like what is the size i would be in any other clothing but yeah. in wedding dresses it is too small like I'll i look a bigger like that yeah. it's, it's saying, like that'll mess with you especially yeah. if you're somebody who's like i'm about being skinny and pretty and all that yeah. and then you're like yeah. but i'm wearing a 12 do they, do, wait, like, do they manufacture the dresses like that to fuck with your heads well you would think they would do the opposite like 
they should know every bride wants to be a size four and they should just make them all. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah, because all like formal dresses are, you always have to size up like two or three, but that's also women's clothes. You can buy one brand and have mm-hmm. a 12 and then the other brand be an eight or a 16. It's just like, who knows? It's always like so different. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, but it can mess because it did. It was just that feeling of, well, because I also like I got this dress online, which was probably a mistake, but I was so, so it was already a roll of the dice and I was like, God damn it. But it was like, because this is a day when everyone is looking at you and you're taking tons of pictures, Yeah, you do, you are self-aware, if not conscious, right, yeah. of how you look, period. Yeah. That's the vibe. That is very true. And then if you, on top of that, are feeling like, oh, I'm like, so I guess this is all to say to you, our dear caller, it is frustrating and it's it's a little mean what she said and maybe the way she said it. Mm-hmm. But this actually has nothing to do with you. Yeah, this that's is her so good. dealing that's really with advice. her feeling. Yeah, and you, as a longtime friend, for the duration of this wedding stuff, you gotta let it go. You gotta yeah, kind of let it go. If you have the right kind of relationship, like you said, it's because she's feeling insecure. Maybe reassure her a little bit. You know, like because she's beautiful and you want her to know that and make her feel, you know, special and good. And you just gotta, you just gotta wear something that's, you know, cause it sounds like she wants to wear something low cut and her friend's like, no. Right. And I get that it would look very different on somebody that's got larger breasts than somebody that has smaller breasts. Cause I remember I've always been a small chested person. And I remember trying to get my friend to wear something that was like kind of high necked and like, kind of like collegiate. And she's like, my boobs won't fit in that Amber. I don't care what size it is. Like, that's just not, it won't look right on me. Right. And so I was like, Oh, I just, just don't know because we have different right. sizes. So I don't know how clothes fit you, you know? Yeah. So I think that that might be part of it. You could, if you really want to push it, maybe, I don't know if she's seen you in the dress. Maybe she just sent a link or something. Maybe take yeah. a picture of yourself in the dress so she can see. Um, but also I feel like maybe you just got to swallow that. it. Or find one alt, right? Like if the first dress you, you showed her, she's like, no, you can't be looking hotter than me. Find something else that you know is a little more conservative but still feels nice to you because yeah. you know like maybe you were trying to dress for a party and maybe now you got to dress for church do you know what i mean yeah. in terms of like find that version that's a little bit just and again that's just for her or you can make a joke and go i'll i'll stand two bridesmaids over yeah you know, something where it's like because it's because i will say that like it's part of why i didn't want bridesmaids not just for everything i said but also this dynamic that feeling of you're going to be next to me and you have to look a certain way. If you're next to me, it's like, I, yeah. ugh, it's fresh. It's difficult. It's tricky. It's difficult. And it's like, it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And she's not in her best place. She's not in her, she's best, not in her best place. I remember my husband being like, this is making you crazy. And I was like being, as far as I could tell, very chill, but just, it was all this, this like self-image stuff. I was like, well, brides have to be beautiful and they have to be all this horse shit that you think you see and that magazines tell you and TV and everything. And you're like, you know, you feel like you're not enough. And all you're trying to do is marry somebody. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a horse shit. It's all fucking marketing horse shit. Right. Yeah. Then the guy just shows up in overalls. And- <laughs> exactly. And I was like, can you please just cut your fingernails? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm going through four hours of hair and makeup. Just cut your fingernails. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to look like Howard Hughes. <laughs> and uh, do, please do not wear clean Xboxes for shoes, okay? Can you just not do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sorry. I didn't mean to blow the surprise, but that is my uh, so overalls, sh- uh, <laughs> tissue boxes on my feet, 
and very long fingernails and very long beard. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to say I don't. Okay? I'm going to say I do not. If you come up there, if I see any hint of nail, I now, runaway bride. We got a honeymoon on the spruce goose. <laughs> so stupid. Who was that reference for? So far, okay, crazy frog. I Spruce know. Goose. We're, we're really uh, mining some weird territory here. Amber, <laughs> do you have time for one more question? I do. I do. This is the best part. Okay. I know. This why is don't the real. we do? Why don't we do this one? You got an email. We get emails. Couplestherapypod at gmail.com. You can also DM us on Instagram. DM us on Twitter if you're still on there. If you're still on there. If not, I understand. Yeah. I know. Okay. All right. Uh, actually, this comes to us anonymous from Instagram. An Instagram direct message. <laughs> At Couples Therapy Pod. Hi, Naomi and Andy. This is such a specific little issue, but I would love your advice. I, parentheses, she, her, am in an otherwise perfect five-year relationship. Okay, perfect, strong word. Uh Don't like it. Go uh ahead. Well, here's the turn. It's always when everyone always starts out with that, we're perfect, I love him, everything's good. Good. And then there's the turn. Here's the twist. My boyfriend works part-time from home, and I am completing a master's degree. Over the last few years, my boyfriend has developed a habit of shuffling poker chips while he works at his computer or plays video games. I cannot, all capitals, stand the sound and it's driving me crazy. I can <laughs> hear it from any room in the apartment, even though two closed do- even through two closed doors, it haunts me in my dreams. <laughs> he knows I hate the sound it makes anytime I ask, he stops. But that doesn't stop him from starting up again a few hours later. I have bought him other things to fiddle with, like those mini magnet balls. <laughs> like on the desk of like an executive in the 1980s? Yes. All right. But he always gravitates back to the poker chips. <laughs> also, he plays poker very casually, like just with friends every other month or so. I feel like he doesn't understand how seriously this is driving me crazy. Any tips on how to handle this? Thank you. P.S. You two are so funny and always have amazing advice. You always ask the perfect questions. I am just in awe of your interviewing skills. I love Aww. when you. I love when you keep in the compliment. Gotta keep. <laughs> you you like make sure to say it on the record. Gotta keep in the compliment. So nice. Shuffling poker this chips. This is so Ow. funny. Is this like? Is it called misophonia? You know where people have yes. certain sounds that really grate them. Like, um, a lot of for a lot of people, obviously, it's chewing or like the sound of popping gum or you know those things have the same intensity as like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. It sounds like, I know for me that sound and like doing that. Cause I remember, you know, I was in my twenties in the nineties. So I played some Texas Hold'em. You better believe it. <laughs> um, like that. It's a very, like that plastic clicking. I it's very, to me, I like the sound of it. I was like, I get that that is something because i can feel it i know exactly what he's doing i'm like i get that i appreciate it i know how it can be satisfying for him but i think the problem here's this is what i think the real problem is to be honest is that you guys need some fucking time away from each other everybody's been jammed up it's been five years but let's not forget that the last like three years have been you guys been probably been stuck in this apartment together and you just need some time apart because you don't you're not appreciating how much you love this person because you've been up each other's ass for so long because like i remember my my husband went to canada 
And it was like right at the end of the pandemic, like you still had to quarantine for two weeks when you got to Canada. It was like when they first opened up the borders and I was like, he's like, I need to go visit my family. And I'm like, please go. Please <laughs> go. Two week quarantine. Oh, that's terrible. You're going to be gone for so long. Please go. So, you know, maybe you guys just need some time apart because then that kind of resets everything. You're excited to see each other again. I don't know if they'll stop doing that, but it might make it less irritating. I th- no, I think you're right about that. If it can't be though a full blown trip, for a month, which I mm-hmm. think is somebody's like, well, two weeks, and then you're gonna have to spend two weeks, and then I'll see you in what a month. Is there any world where um, he can work at a coffee shop, or you can do that, or someone's gonna get? You know, we're very COVID safe in this house. You know, I'm not saying I want you sitting indoors, Lucy, go see yeah. raw faced around yeah. anyone. But is there like an office space? You know, anything yeah. like if you're getting a master's, does that have a campus nearby, office building? Yeah, are you library. teaching? Something like that. If you're teaching, you should have an office that you can go to. Yeah, something that can give you a little space where it's like, I'm leaving the house for two hours, clickety-clack-clack clack all you want. Yeah. When I'm back, you better stop the clack, okay? And tell them to put them away. Yeah, I wonder. So, you know, like, um, people that have, like, if there's a name for it, I don't remember what it is, but the people that, like, oh, are yeah. constantly shaking their legs. And it's like, it's not something the people that do it are like, I literally cannot stop myself from doing this. And I have a friend that's, that I toured with. He's another improviser and it would drive me so fucking insane. But then I realized I read some information about it. I was like, no, that's pretty like, like involuntary. And so maybe it's not something he, I don't know. Maybe he's, he really can't stop himself from doing Hide it. The poker I don't know. Chips. Hide the poker <laughs> chips in the vent, like in, <laughs> Like the suitcase in Old Country yeah. for No Men. No or... country for old men, but I like Old Country for No Men. <laughs> Is that what I said? <laughs> for it's no an old country whatsoever. for no that men. Sounds like a safe place. Or behind the light. There. What's that? I want to live there in that old country with no men. <laughs> behind the light socket like Walter White did with the ricin. <laughs> like there's a place to hide these chips yeah. where you can give them back after a day or so or whenever you can, can like reset yourself. Can you ask him, because you said that when you ask him to stop, he'll stop, right? So this is somebody who obviously, like, loves you and cares about you and also, like, isn't, like, he's not that pressed, right? He doesn't feel like you're denying him himself. Right. But I wonder if when he's not doing it, because, like, when he's doing it, she can't get anything done. When he's not doing it, well, this is what I'm wondering, right? Like, if it's a thing, right, that he has to keep doing it, like, in a few hours, he'll do it again. And you're like, oh, I've tried buying him whatever. Instead of you trying to give him something else... He's got to find it. He's got to yeah. find the thing that scratches that itch. Yeah. He's got to find what hits that spot. Right. As opposed to you being like, here, take this. And as he's like, that doesn't do it. Maybe she can make some little like crafty <laughs> coins out of cardboard. That's, actually, that's pretty good. And he can shuffle those. <laughs> and like make a little cute with a marker like, like you know, Jason's <laughs> Casino or whatever his name is. <laughs> oh... You should try that. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, you go ahead to do something else, you know. And look, it's just, you said it was a perfect relationship. So, hey, I guess it is. He love you enough and just have to be like, it is what it is. Handcuff him. Yeah. She said maybe he doesn't know how bad it is. So maybe she just needs and to tell him how bad it is. Through two doors, you can hear it. Do you ever do like noise canceling or airpods when you're working like does that ever create a safe cocoon for you is that not any i'm just just wondering i'm not really like sometimes i'll put in i'll put on like um yoga sounds when i'm like trying to write you know i want something to i'll play Mm -hmm. like yoga sounds but it's not really to it's not to block out another sound so i don't know if it's like whatever's the vibe yeah yeah i mean i play music all the time when i'm writing so i can't i can't get a word in 
Okay? I be trying to talk to you in this house. You're in your... The AirPods are in. It's like I don't exist, Amber. If I'm doing chores, I'm listening to a podcast. If I'm writing, I'm listening to music. What about when I got something to say? Yeah. You did upset. Because wow. you know I like to yell from the other room. You got to stand up like Jerry <laughs> Blank. I got something to say. I got something to say. Let's see if that works. Well, Amber. 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 Thank Amber. you so Guys. much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for asking me. This has been so much fun. I could do this literally <laughs> you know all day. That you're coming back. You were a dang delight. It is such an honor. You have no idea. I always get nervous to meet people who I am a fan of. Yeah. Because I'm sure. always like, I'm not going to be, it's not going to be a normal mm-hmm. conversation because they're like this important person that we just can't have a conversation. And you know what, mm-hmm. Dash? You were a real one. Thanks. And I appreciate it. You guys are also very easy to talk to. Very cool. If we lived in the same city, I'd make you be friends with me. Oh my sure. God. Yes. Okay. Knock on her door next time we're in Atlanta. <laughs> yes. Damn I me mean, when you finally book a Marvel. And you're oh. in Atlanta. When I finally book a Marvel. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so amazing. Or Tyler Perry. <laughs> Anything could happen in Atlanta. Anything could happen. Oh yeah. It's All right, true. you guys. <laughs> That's our simple slogan. Anything can happen in Atlanta. From Tyler Perry to Marvel. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll see, see you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.